Hi everyone, my name is Beata Vilcek and this is Fashion Knowledge, a podcast educating, disrupting and shaping fashion futures. Fashion Knowledge is brought to you by Unfolding Strategies, a consultancy and education lab for digital, inclusive and sustainable fashion in Web3. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome. Uh, it's our new episode, the second episode of season three. Today, our amazing guest is Scarlett Young. Scarlett is based in London, and uh, she's an innovation designer and the founder of Studio Scarlett Young. The studio pioneers in sustainable design, ecological and virtual materials, and collaborates with leading brands and museums around the world while holding its commitment to bolstering the future of technology. Scarlett has a hybrid background in couture from CSM, Sedworth and Martins in London, design research from Royal College of Art, and science engineering from Imperial College London. So she comes from a very, very versatile uh, background from one of the best universities in UK. Her work has been exhibited at Christie's, V&A Museum, London Design Biennale, Dash Design Week, and many, many more. And she has also won the LVMH Green Trail Award. Welcome, Scarlett. Super nice uh, to have you here. Hello. Um, yeah, thank you for having me, Kriata. Um This is great. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so today I would like us, I, I prepared like three or four questions for you. We already met before, so I'm not going to pretend like we haven't spoken before. Uh, we were in a panel together and we, we even had a dinner once. So I'm very excited that, you know, we can now have this semi-serious conversation on the podcast but maybe it would be good to start for everyone listening um from what is actually that you do and you know what does actually studio scarlet young do so could you tell me more about the inception of your london studio what clients do you work with how do you work with them what does it mean to be innovation designer <laughs> sure um so yeah i my studio is based in london because i i um because of my background, sort of uh, having lived and worked in London, uh, com- uh, you know, the London community. And so basically my studio, at my studio, we focus on, um, well, in general terms, future-facing foresight innovation that is really um, sort of tackling this and delving into the intersection of ecology, so climate change, and um, design whether that's fashion or is it lifestyle, different types of design and the use of technology. So whether that's biotechnology and it's biomaterials or digital tech, immersive technologies. So this is generally speaking, right? This is, it sounds like it's um, quite diverse. And, uh, but then for every project, we sort of have strategies to, and um, focuses on, you know, um, specific problems or situations of, a design scenario and a creative uh, questions or societal problems and we use our creative design and technological science infused innovation language to create um, design works or whether that comes into the formats of um, say an artistic project or is it an editorial for fashion or is it um, an immersive installation for a certain um, sort of design activity event? Or whether that's to, to directly deal with clients, brand clients, luxury groups. 
to reimagine how their products would have a future, would be able to survive, you know, in it's such a rapidly changing technological world that we are in. So in a nutshell, this is like the sort of the different facet that we do. Yeah. Mm. So this is innovation design for survival. <laughs> for survival. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, on a positive note, I guess. <laughs> and and Kathy, yeah, for yeah. someone who's someone who's not familiar with it, because you're an innovation designer, it's a, it's a term that doesn't have a one clear definition or very, you know, explicit. Uh, it's not like, I don't know, the shoe designers, for example, it's very easy to say what the shoe designer does. It, they design shoes. Um, so I'm curious if you work on a project with a client, if you could give us an example, what does it entail? Just like run us through a process of one of your recent projects. Maybe that would be like a call to give it like a, you know, a tangible example. Um, sure. Oh, there's so many examples, different ones. Um, I mean, the reason why this is, this is not really defined as in, oh, a shoe designer or a, a t-shirt designer <laughs> or a car designer is because. Um, I mean, from my you know previous experience, right backgrounds, I realized oh, um, innovation is it is supposed to be quite versatile. Like the uh, the the some of the specific technologies behind some of the you know innovative products that we see today, um, around the world, they have the potential usually to be applied into different user scenarios, to be used differently, to be applied differently, um, and yeah, I mean, so so by kind of like si making it versatile of our practice, it's also opening up, you know, also like leaving more opportunities that we can apply uh, amazing advanced technology into different um, different objects, different services, different products. Um, so example-wise, uh, one of the earlier one, I guess, is this, um, um, it was more of a personal work to begin with, because back then I didn't really, I hadn't really started um, my studio, but it was literally the beginning point of everything. So I did, I had a project, um, that was a research-based um, design artistic project, which I designed this um, engineered textile material innovation that is 100% um, completely biodegradable, and it um, and it changes its um, the textile shape, the structure of the material changes its shape um, and texture and colors due to the um, changing, shifting surrounding climate, the surrounding environment of where it is, you know, change of season, change of location would all result in this amazing material, textile material to, to shift its form, basically, to morph. And um, this is, you know, all thanks to, you know, some of the technology behind it that we did with engineering, with like cutting edge uh, digital fabrication and results in this application of, oh, this is a textile innovation. This, so this was an example, right? And then later on, recently we had a project um, with the amazing uh, Rolls-Royce cars in the UK um, that we kind of like looked into, delved into how this um, how this type of shaped, morphing, changing, biotech, digital tech infused creative design could be applied into luxury lifestyle, for example. But doesn't cost the earth, obviously. Um, could be applied into... Um, automobile into car into interiors into or is it wearables so yeah this is like two examples that could that links itself to one other that i can explain <laughs> amazing thank you all uh, thank you so much uh, i like how everything in your work you know somehow in the end uh is very close to the body there's a lot of you know uh, you talk all about innovation technology but very often textiles are around the body when you're in a car it's also like this another kind of cocoon that's around you. 
And the reason why I also invited you to the Fashion Knowledge Podcast is because I wanted to talk a little bit more about the body technology and emerging futures in this context. Uh, this is something that we've been exploring uh, within this podcast this season, uh, and we're also working towards a web-free body atlas, hence the conversation. Uh, in your work, you use the term digital skin, and it has been present in your research for pretty much for last four years. So you mentioned to me that you started working around it and looking into it in 2019. Skin is the largest organ of the body. In adults, it is approximately 3.6 kilos and 2 square meters. So a very tangible one. It protects us and provides us kind of a feedback loop with external world through senses. So why is skin so important in your work? And you know how do you define the digital skin? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, yeah, the concept, right, the idea around digital skin is is fascinating. I think that's why we were all sort of um, kickstarted back in 2019. Um, I think at the very beginning, it was because of my fashion background um, that made me sort of becoming aware of this. And and then at the same time, I sort of growing up, you know, in this, you know, um, contemporary Asian culture where gaming is quite a big um, hobby. Um, of the people around me and my friends um, while I grow up. So, you know, it kind of immersed into conversations of my friends talking about games and how they were obsessed with, you know, certain games and certain skins when they mention a term. And uh, and then Link kind of reflected and connected back to my fashion um, experiences and sort of discovered, oh, this is really interesting because in fashion, um, when we talk about clothing, garments, and styles, a dress, right, that you wear, uh, we obviously don't we don't call it skin ever. But then in in games, they they do call it a skin. They give it a vocabulary, an official vocabulary, a skin. That is really interesting. They don't call it a digital a digital fashion, uh, digital garment. I mean, for the gamers, there's no such culture. It's literally called skin because that's part of their body of the of this digital character in the game. Um, yeah, so then started looking into it, and then I feel like, well, it is quite a, and I would say I love it. I love this word. It's a, it's really appropriate for for you know the, the idea of fashion within the twenty first century. Although this is digital skin is being used in, as we say, virtual world, right? The virtual world community people use this term, not so much in the physical fashion world. People still call fashion as styles and fashion shows and stuff, but um, but then deep down actually fundamentally even for physical fashion although it's it's in the format of a physical fabric clothing or leather or something like that it's still i mean it's a sense is sort of associated with the person who's wearing it you actually audiences audiences like people see someone wearing a piece of clothing in one the fashion is defining the identity of that person at that one specific time and location and moment of you know your social status or your identity of how uh, either that's um, stereotypes or labels in in the real world through fashion that's uh, fashion is literally fashion as the skin of the uh, physical world is sort of the, um, a media right to to kind of express all of these um, phenomena I think it's amazing I, I love this word and um, and yeah and then delving into like, oh people call it skin in the digital world but skin is literally an organism a bioorganism in the real world it would never be recreated in the virtual i mean i can't say ever i mean because you never know there might be a cyborg in the future that has actual skins but for now 
as we speak, right? We're expanding. Pending. Pending. Um, yeah. So this is how would I would def- now say define, but how I would say the association of skins, digital skins with fashion, with physical, with clothing mm. and, and the gaming culture. That's really fascinating. Mm. Yeah, I love that you're talking about gaming culture because being uh, very immersed in the digital fashion scene industry, however we call it in the last years, I'm always intrigued that there is this firstism and feeling of groundbreaking ideas, but there's I feel there's not much conversation what happened before in gaming. And uh, maybe you could tell us a bit more about your skin series, like to describe, you know, one of your projects I was thinking to it, but also how did you start researching it? And in general, what does, you know, how is research incorporated into your work? I know it's hard to describe, but, you know, let, let's give it a go. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I think earlier, earlier at the time, um, I think my research interest, say, um, in digital fashion, digital skins, the term, the concept of digital skin was more uh, in a sense of, oh, how gamers, like actual, um, or like pre-existing gamers, game players, how they see digital skin as part of themselves and their relationship with them. That was my, I guess, earlier sort of focus. Um and then I realized, oh yeah, it is. It is about um, identity and like your personal expressive identity in the game. But then, as I go further, there's actually a lot more complex than that. You know, in terms of it, it's it can get very individual because everyone expresses differently, everyone identifies themselves differently, and so that's sort of like the earlier part of the say, skin series um, project I've done, creating. And well, obviously, maybe I should uh, take a step back. Like, can I explain what yeah. skin series was? And yeah, um, <laughs> so, skin series and um, was sort of like a research artistic project that I did, um, sort of like from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two, and it really investigated, speculated into um, how you know, say the the then very um, hyped Web three world uh, within this ha- web3 virtual metaverse would you call or whatever you call it world how would people um consume how do people perceive how do people have the action of wearing and um, how do people how even discard it afterwards how do people own it this sort of digital skin as um sort of a, a piece of fashion digitally so the skin series was literally um exploring all the facet of this um yeah so because i i sort of realized like um back in 2021 2022 when like blockchain was sort of really 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 starting to hype up that people are talking about digital fashion as the future as in yeah it is um it could be dematerial or sorry dematerialized e-material uh, way of consuming fashion that doesn't cost the earth and in the in the virtual world where everybody can enjoy it express themselves but again, I feel like there's much more behind it that, that should really be um, looked into. It should be articulated and then it should be listed out and then applied back into uh, design, creative project, production, right? Um, so, yeah, that was sort of the, the purpose of going into that, resulting in back in 2022, 
um, this series sort of has a bit of a closure, I would say, for that stage that I, through like a series of writing, academic writing um, and industry interviews, I interviewed a bunch of experts and also users. I um, I did uh, sort of user testings on, you know, alpha, beta um, platform that we built uh, to let them test and use these digital skin. And, and then I asked, um, you know, a set of questions, uh, very design and, and intentional to figure out, you know, what are they actually thinking about these, um, this concept of digital skins. And in the end, yeah, there was a series of work, series of like garments, say, um, that, and then alongside with all the documentation um, of this project. And then, and, but then some of it is still remaining uh, confidential because some, some part of this project is, um, became sort of like a series of con- cons- consultancy with um, some really big technology brand. Can't say who. Um, so yeah, there was a really, really interesting sort of uh, um, period of time where I really was so deep into discovering part, uh, every part of it. Um, yeah, so maybe this is a good question. Where do you see other maybe interesting like patches of research happening? And also, you know, should this research be open access? Should it be, you know, should it be only like uh, client based? Where do you see also like other interesting avenues of, of that kind of reflections? Oh, there's so many. Um, I think there are already like quite an increasing num- number of people researching into this uh, in the past, like say three years, I think. So I think many people are still, the research is still ongoing. They're not published yet, I guess. It takes some time. Um, I think uh, it will be a bit tricky, right? Because if you're working with a, a brand where, you know, some of these outcomes, I guess, knowledges are coming from their um, their internal, you know, product development, then obviously you can't disclose that. Uh, but then, obviously, in a more general terms, there's still like theories and you know testing um, findings that could be published. Um, yeah, either in the academic setting or is it that you can publish on your blog? I think that's uh, that. I think some some people in the Web three community is also doing that. You know, publishing their own research, their own insights onto um, oh, I forgot what the name of Medium, yes, um, or LinkedIn. So I think it's 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 ongoing. I can see there are more and more people trying to articulate it, mm. not just saying, oh, this is the future, but how is it the future, right? We can still continue, you know, thinking about this uh, climate and sustainability, uh, because this is something that we also ended up talking in, in our previous panel uh, and touching upon that. And um, as you said, uh, there is often this either promise of green transition and digital supporting and making the world more green, whatever that stands for. Uh, or when we are dreaming of future and virtual bodies, they often seem detached from the climate crisis. In gaming, Earth in Decay can become a part of storytelling or it's stopping background. But I think we can both agree that this kind of divide is just an illusion because those things exist simultaneously at the same time. So more technology in everyday life and more virtual products that also will have a significant impact on the environment. So. I'm curious, uh, you already mentioned research, but also maybe from um, not only academic research, but like this, you know, design and uh, creative view and visual perspective. How do you include it in your work? Yeah. Um, yeah, about climate, yes, we did have panels on this. Um, where do I begin? 
I would love you to tell us a bit more about your ephemeral materiality, your new project yeah. from this year, uh, mm -hmm. because I, I think it's very interesting and I know nothing about it. But I think also this question of not only, you know, academic research and like uh, expert interviews, but also how maybe aesthetics and visual are part of that and experiences. Maybe that, that could be like a cool angle. Yeah, sure. Um, right. So I think first of all, climate. I think, yeah, my work is always kind of evolved around um, like climate ecology. And the reason why, I guess, it's uh, partially, I mean, I am passionate about, you know, the sustainable, sustainability circular solutions in creative terms. And also, um, I think my work is also quite focused on materials, right? Materiality. Like, mm -hmm. why is why and how is material the way it is and in what sense? And and then that's really interesting because when it comes to digital, using digital media or virtual, like, you make a 3D digital twin of this material or an object of a sculpture or a clothing in the digital world for example it's uh it, it doesn't have materials any, anymore it only has data points right um pixels so this this contract this hybrid uh <laughs> form of materiality in today's world how we are consuming on social media and everywhere it's things are a blend of digital and physical anyway i think that's really interesting to me there's then this materiality sort of really link back into climate uh -huh. so that is something that i see is really not detaching from um you know from its physical body and the digital and visual experiences of a material say where this you know any all all materials in this whole world and whole planet results into um, our planetary ecosystem let's say uh -huh. um so in that sense, no. And also, I think another thing is, um, so when we talk about digital these days, yes, there is a lot of, there's always questions in on every, you know, startup pitch deck, every conferences, every um, news um, outlets um, asking, oh, this digital uh, tech, this crypto, Web3 innovation is amazing, but what about sustainability? What about the climate <laughs> influences, right? And always, it's always the last question, though, I don't know why. Um, and then I think it's funny because people never asked about this before the rise of crypto, no? Um, before, there was already a lot of, like, say, how to say, digital design, digital engineering, digital services and digital oh. products um, using uh, that that's targeted towards um, climate. People use digital, use technology. Um, and virtual like rendering processing uh -huh. AI and such to help combat climate change to, uh -huh. they use it to calculate right carbon footprint how pe to improve it's sustainability I mean yeah it's a tool it's a medium it's um it's an accelerator so but then the funny thing is that when it comes to crypto people I think more and more people are trying to you know uh, sort of criticize um, this new concept of crypto uh, when web3 and at that point of, oh, what's energy used? But then it's, it's sort of in, in, integral, right? I mean, I think it's digital mediums and it's already been used in a lot of different facets of our everyday life, you know, our science, our design, our creative um, culture, everything. So, yeah, but then people send to, sometimes tend to tend to kind of divide it so then it's it's a bit more black and white and... Um, 
I guess it's easier to understand as well, right? That's um, that's what I think. I don't know when you when you talk about that. I, I it makes me think of uh, when I visited one of the big companies selling laptops, uh, and you know they disclose energy consumption and the kind of category of energy consumption. So like in the same way as you buy a fridge or a cooker or I don't know air conditioning, it will say if it's a plus plus or maybe i don't know b plus uh and we never really i don't i don't think that this is in the mass consumer you know it's it's in the side of of a consumer to think also what is the energy consumption of the of the tools that we use every day so our smartphones our laptops so this is interesting you're touching upon that because definitely there is some things are uh, more questioned and interrogated uh on that particular parameter and others are not yeah, I think mm, that's true. The energy, for example, take this example. Um, I think it's fair when people sometimes uh, question, say, oh, um, such digital product rendering um, visual or, pro- or services on a, pl- um, um, a platform is, is having a significant um, impact through consuming too much energy. Um, I think this is also... How to say it is not a black and white. I don't particularly think it's evil that this is all the case, or I don't think it's all something to be optimistic about e- either. I think it's about there's so much behind this. I mean, it's about how where you are, like who's your energy provider, how much fusion energy, how much clean energy are they using? I mean, can you change that? I mean, maybe you can do you can you can have some actions to contribute into changing it, right? But then it's it's there are many sort of parts of the chain behind this result of all oh, people this statement saying the virtual product virtual technology is resulting a huge impact on the environment um so the energy that is and also people if people are there's a comparison right only through comparison the people make yeah. the statement so where are we comparing it to like say okay a digital dress for example we compare it to a physical dress but i i would question though i mean in my work i think i questioned that um already quite a few times like in what sense can we compare? Like, are we are they equal? Can you really equalize? Say, oh, I'm buying a digital dress, which is equivalent to buying physical dress. In what sense? Are, do you do you wear it enough? Do you wear that digital dress enough? Are you spending enough time in gaming uh, in virtual world? Or yeah, how do you calculate? Do you have yeah, you calculated I... the cleaning effort in physical? <laughs> yeah, dry clean. How many times you don't put it in dry clean? Is it's digital garment? No, yeah, that's a fair point, and I and I love always this. I always love to question this uh, analogy and this comparison, uh, and I tend to do it uh, very often on like live panels whenever a certain numbers and data is being brought up, saying that this is that 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 many percent more sustainable or efficient or whatsoever other commonly used synonym, um, and I and I usually always you know pull out like different disciplines saying. Uh, you don't, you know, you don't compare playing in the football field to playing a computer game, even though both belong to the category of cultural inventions of games. Uh, you don't do that with music, because with music, we know that consuming music on streaming platforms is less sustainable. So this is not a very fruitful comparison. But I always feel like it, it hurts uh, new products that are in the making. It's first of all, you know, it's almost insane that we now refer to digital products as a product that dress is a dress. It's a virtual dress. It's a silk dress. It belongs to this kind of category of of the same, you know, like uh, it's 
it this is this is this is almost insane that it flips so quickly because a couple of years ago it would be a lie it would be an illusion it would be almost cheating if you think about wearing a filter as a garment or a filter to mm-hmm. you know look in a different way to have a pigeon on your head or to look more cute so so this is quite fascinating how it bended what is possible and what is not to own and to consider product so as this is mm. things product experiences in the making I, I think it reduces it you know if we can but it's natural human uh you know quality to to think like yeah okay this is something that i know and let's compare it but maybe i'm curious how do you approach those things in your in your in your new project maybe maybe we can talk a little bit more about that and also how you know how it plays with uh yeah with it, does it touch upon this discussion uh on climate and sustainability and digital and how does it work with senses and the body oh yeah i actually forgot to, to include that <laughs> <laughs> talking about the work the most important thing um yeah so various ways um so for example this work um, of mine recent work of mine ep- uh, ephemeral and materiality um in brief term explaining what it is um, it is a immersive interactive installation piece it's physical and it has sensor and and algorithm programming behind it behind this uh, screen uh, uh, the screen of visual content visual and audio and in it basically on the screen it interpret um satellite based climate data and new material <laughs> laboratory data and it clashes the two um resulting in sort of like a morphing textures um mm-hmm. experience on the screen and it also reacts to um anyone who's walking into this an experience and whether in a gallery or a museum setting in an event setting um mm-hmm. that the skin will sort of um, change in real time with you with the person's movement and presence so yeah this is a really sort of creative interpretation of um climate data so data visualization science visualization is is, is what it was that um was integrated into this project um yeah and then although it was it was sort of expressed in a digital format it was on a digital screen it was um real time rendered and and you can see that on the website if you want to and see it visually of what I'm what I just said um so yeah that was that was sort of like a playful mention, experiment can can you mention what's the address of your website for anyone that would like to check it out sure yeah it's um scarlet t so scarlet with a y dot .com how easy is that <laughs> It's quite short. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that was one of my um, idea of how to sort of collide climate technology and uh, and tech together into creative outputs. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that one. And there was also a set of, obviously... I have a question for that before we go to the okay. next project, because I feel like you're going somewhere <laughs> next, right? Are you go- about, is it about the same thing or you're going somewhere... In between, um, like in between, yes. <laughs> so maybe I have yeah, a question, and then we'll see if this is for later or for now. Um, why, why do you think this participatory, co-creative, real-time component is important? Why sensors? Why people in the space uh, are part of it? Uh, how to say? I mean, so be, uh, I think it, it is quite so in terms of 
fine art and design and um like design interactions there's always quite it's always quite a thing to consider the participants right how the user mm. well maybe we call it a user or an audience or a person who walks into this and in, to interact with my piece with my creation how are they going to perceive it right there are multiple ways to do it and then previously in the see the art world right in the fine art world what i mean which i practice sometimes um which my practice also also relates to in the traditional fine art world it's not so much interactive right it's always like the artist or the creative designers or the engineers decide oh what am i going to show you as as i am the creator and you are the audience um so it is quite a new medium for me to try out as well to kind of sort of surrender a little bit of my uh, my my power and to give the freedom to the person coming to interact with my design piece um so then yeah perhaps this is an assumption to have to let them um feel it themselves so that they can interpret what it meant and then what what was the climate message that was behind it and then they will be asking more questions rather than just like, oh seeing a beautiful image walking by mm, great thank you so much i'm happy i asked <laughs> <laughs> yeah and actually yeah there was uh, something i think that that connects well to what you were just saying and um, what i was just gonna say it was the it was not only the satellite and climate visualization that got into this digital installation it was also uh, so basically because i i we also make like um physical material te technology innovation right we make new materials that had has different like engineered properties um, that is super advanced mm -hmm intelligent material we call it smart materials um mm -hmm. and then so we document everything in our design lab in our design laboratory in london central london great space um so all these documentation we again transform them you know and these these observation of the material through the lens of a camera video camera we can transform all these data back into um other projects for example like mm -hmm. this one the ephemeral mm -hmm. materiality piece so there's, yeah, there's always a play of scale, you know, when you see the climate, the planet, the ecology, sustainability in a sustainability sense, when you see the ecology from above, from a satellite um, angle down to the earth, that's like super big, to a macro, uh, micro scale of, like, oh, you're seeing it with a microscope in the laboratory of a material morphing itself. I think this contrast is quite interesting. So that's why we collided the two data together. Cool. Amazing. Uh, and as I interrupted you before, do you remember what you were trying to still like bring in, what you were saying? Oh, this was the thing. This was the thing. That was the thing. Okay. <laughs> Good. Perfect. Uh, uh, yeah, I think we're slowly running out of time. So I have my last very general, but I think important question for you. Do you have any tips or recommendations for, you know, entering, uh, designers entering the space or trying to do a work aligned with yours, you know? what to do, what to avoid, what to read? Mm. Um, I think, well, for me, cause, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm from a hybrid background, right? So mm. naturally, I would think that all, all of these disciplines, uh, these experiences, um, you know, being immersed in different disciplines, say design, as a fashion, um, or engineering, um, or fine art and all of these experiences coming together is super valuable right now I mean in, in such a quickly transitioning world um, I think so I would I don't know a recommendation would be I think it's great to try to trying to learn more knowledges from other disciplines to kind of connect mm -hmm. them together to see how you would have new insights 
I think this this is the time to do it. I mean, with you know such accessible knowledge pool, and um, you know with ChatGPT, with AI, online internet, you can just do it with a search and learn it yourself. So much to learn these days. Um, yeah, and I, I would say utilize all these digital technology, right? I mean, our generation is sort of like quite familiar with digital tech from early on, from our when we were young. So yeah, be it internet, three D design or virtual reality building or even visual programming all of these things or even building robots i think that's something that i was doing in the past year actually um yeah and i think all of these skill set and they they could coming together they could build like you know really great uh, new sparks for these designers and well not just designers right it could be engineers as well or in design engineers or uh, scientists artists could be anyone entering this space let's say Okay, amazing. Thank you so much.